Well, welcome to the Fulcrum Focus. The Fulcrum Focus is the podcast that's recorded right here in the gloriously hot Columbia, South Carolina. Fulcrum Focus is our opportunity to introduce to you some of our very best friends who are going to be a variety of things. But the top three things are going to be uh, they're going to be a, a leader, a business person, or somebody that's got a, a just really interesting who's got a really interesting story. Today, we're honored to introduce a friend of Fulcrum, um, Mr. Carl Blackstone, who's the CEO and president of the Columbia Chamber. Uh, and the reason you might want to tune in um, to this is Carl's going to talk a bit about, um, you're going to learn some stuff today. Carl's probably going to tell you some things about the chamber that you didn't know. Uh, if you were like me, uh, you didn't know a ton about the chamber at one point, um, but we're going to learn some stuff today about what Carl's vision is for Columbia. Uh, what he's already done and, and kind of what he's trying to foresee in the future. So, Carl, welcome. We're, we're thrilled that you're here, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, we're going to go with who is Carl Blackstone, kind of what you're doing, and then what's what's the future look like. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How, what point in middle school did you decide, man, I'm, I really have a passion for the Chamber of Commerce? Well, I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, in fact, it, actually, I... I, I have uh, had an assorted past, uh, nothing too shady, I should say. Well, a little bit, but I grew up around, I graduated, went to school at College of Charleston, and, and I'm from North Carolina originally, so I went to school in, in South Carolina and just loved it so much. I wanted to stay and had a couple of various jobs right out of college. I jumped around and uh, I ended up working for a politician. Uh, just, I, I, I was a I majored in extracurricular activities with a minor in business. <laughs> I uh, um, so I worked for business um, for a little bit out of school, and but end up I, I always had a love for politics, so I uh, ended up working for a politician, and uh, worked did that for a couple of years, um, and then he didn't run for office again, and so I was I was out of a job, and so um, lo and behold, um, I said I, I'll do anything. I need a job. I'll do anything. I just don't want to lobby. And so I ended up getting hired by the state chamber of commerce as their lobbyist here in Columbia. And okay. uh, um, so I moved to Columbia about 21 years ago and uh, was a state house rat. I mean, I literally worked at state house about 15 years in various capacities. My old boss actually won the governor's office. I, was, I ended up uh, going back in it working for him um for mark sanford in his first term uh right. and and literally was his uh we call it government affairs staff or legislative affairs team and um which was a great experience for me i learned so much about uh government and, and policy which i really thoroughly enjoyed uh, I, I worked for him in the congressional side, so I understood the federal dynamics, what the federal government did and how that impacted things on a local level. And then serving in the governor's office gave me a greater appreciation of what local government, state government can do, uh, understand the policies that impact business there. Um, and then I tried my hand, I did government affairs work uh, for a law firm. I did that for a number of years. And um, I just needed a change. I was ready for a different opportunity when the, the Columbia Chamber, my predecessor had, had just passed away, and, and unfortunately, and uh, they were looking for somebody to replace 
um, legendary Ike McLeese, and and uh, they called and asked if I'd be interested, and and here I am. So I've been here actually uh, eight eight years uh, at the Columbia Chamber, which is amazing. So uh, so kind of a I don't know if anybody grows up and said they want to be a CEO of the chamber, <laughs> um, but but it has been a it, it's actually really if you think about my career choices, it's a culmination of everything I've worked on. I mean, I've worked in the private sector. I've worked at federal level, worked at state level. And um, the only thing I had not done is worked in the local level. And, and obviously, we do a lot of that here. But politics is politics, whether it's nationally or local. It, it's uh, different people, but the issues are fairly similar. And um, so I, I, I feel like this was a position that was great for me at the time. I really enjoyed it. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, but I think, you know, um, Columbia is at a unique crossroads right now. And, and uh, uh, I'm excited where we are today. Uh, I was excited when I started eight years ago because I felt like Columbia could be so much more than what it was. Not criticizing where we were, but what you look at history and in 1950, Richmond, Raleigh, Columbia, Charlotte, Atlanta, Austin were all about the same size. Mm. And if you think about where they are today and where we are, we're not much different than we were, especially if you go back in 1980, Richmond, Raleigh, and Columbia were the same size. Uh, and so three capital cities in the South um, and, and arguably Raleigh, we're no similar. There's no similarities between us and Raleigh anymore. And I don't really want that for Columbia. I, I, I don't want to live in a big city, uh, a metropolitan. I love the size of Columbia. But what I do want to see and what I hope we can see is building a community where our kids have an opportunity to stay and make a living. Hmm, yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's my that's the long story short. Yeah, I was just having a conversation yesterday. Uh a CEO was hired um, and they uh, they weren't actually given, uh, they weren't actually told why they were hired. I mean, obviously the job is the job and they knew the industry and everything, but they weren't actually told why they were hired. And they didn't take the job at first. And they said, you've got to tell me what what is your vision for me, for what, I want, for what you want me to do. So why do you think they hired Carl Blackstone? Obviously they interviewed a lot more candidates than you. What do you think they wanted? What is your job? Well, I, I think... What I brought was I had the knowledge of state and federal uh, experience. I had uh, understood the private sector. Um, and where I think the board at that time thought that we needed to go was in a direction that really puts business. We, we needed to improve the standing of the business community. And, and what I mean by that is I think we were somewhat passive. And when a group is passive, then you can really see some deficiencies in the system. Right. And in Columbia, specifically over the last 25 years, our tax structure has changed so dramatically that right now, Columbia is the highest tax community in the country. And it's predominantly on the business community. Huh. So some changes from the state back in 2006 put more of the pressure on the business community. But in Columbia and in Richland County, we have not, 
the business community have not been very strong advocates for change and to really protect it. And, and what has happened is quite frankly, we have eroded some of the uh, ability for companies to do, do well in Colombia. And really we have prevented new companies from coming in because of some of the regulatory things that we allow to happen. So it, it's, it's creating an understanding what those are, but also recognizing that we needed to change that in order to really see success. So um, I, I think that what they were really looking for was something different. And um, I, I brought some unique skill sets, but, uh, but I'm not, listen, I'm just a simple guy from East North Carolina. <laughs> but what I think my experiences allow me to see and, 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 and to help navigate the chamber uh, to a better position. What are, um, you've been there for a little over eight years. What are some of the things that you look back on now and you, you see that, it, that have changed, the things that have uh, moved towards a better place? What, what are some of those things? If, I'm just yeah. wondering actually how many of my listeners actually know about the chamber and know what you guys do behind closed doors. And I, I want to guess almost air on the side of they don't. So yeah. you may want to talk to me like I'm in the eighth grade right now. All right. Well, chambers have been around forever in a day. I mean, the Columbia Chamber has been around since 1902 and they were really built when businesses needed to, to develop more business to business interactions and they really wanted to create an environment where people could work within an organization and not only for the betterment of those individual companies but also collectively as a whole and so that's how all trade associations more or less started what's unique about chambers it's funny every every town's got a chamber of some sort it seems like and some yeah. have multiple but every chamber is different and, and every community is different so where I think uh, if you really think, if you peel back the onion big enough, uh, the, uh, enough, you recognize that chambers truly are, a, they're, they're connectors and they're conveners. There, there's, there's only a few people that can bring the political sphere, the business sphere and the community sphere together to try to solve problems, to work positively or work against something, but in order to solve a problem, first you've got to identify, you got to get the right people at the table, try to fix it, and then come up with solutions. And so, in a nutshell, that's what we do, but that's overly simplistic. But the other piece of the puzzle that we're trying to put together is how can we make Columbia a better place to do business and how do we connect businesses to other businesses? Yeah. Um, so, it, it's that's again, eighth grade level, but there are a lot of nuances to that. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, and obviously the, the pandemic has changed quite a bit what people need. And so we're evolving just like the, the, the business community is evolving. Yeah. And isn't that fun? You mentioned my, one of my favorite words is, I'll add to what you said, but just to be a connector of people or a connector of businesses, isn't that fun? Yeah. If, if you get a phone call and it's from somebody you have a relationship with that, that has a need, uh, and it's not you, it, but but they know that you are a connector of people. And I tell you what, if I could be known for many th for five things, maybe ten things, one day, it's I I love being a connector of people. But just getting that phone call where somebody has a need, and you're not going to fix it other than saying, "I need to connect you with Bill. Bill's the kind of guy you want to talk to about this." I'm not going to tell you exactly what he does, 
exactly because I'm going to mess it up and Bill's going to sound like 20 other bills, but I, this is the best bill out there. I need you to introduce him, but it, that is a great thing uh, to be able to do. It's a, it's a, uh, I agree with you. I, I actually relish that part of it because you never know where things go. And, and I love the success stories after we connected with some folks and, and, you know, whether it's two businesses that met it at one of our functions and now they're doing business together or new partners are formed because of relationships formed through the chamber. I mean, that's what we're here for. But as much about is, is connecting people, it's helping people solve problems where they can't find an answer and we can help find a solution. Um, that's what we're here for. And it, it, we are in a trade association, a membership organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, um, a lot of chambers across the country do. They, they have various parts where they, they some do economic development, some do tourism. The Columbia Chamber, we, we, we don't do either. And so our niche is really about business to business relationships as well as advocacy. And if we can focus on those two, um, that, that's our wheelhouse. Gotcha. If you could direct business leaders in Columbia, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to be doing? How do you want them to connect to, to your organization, to your leaders? What, what's the best way, the most efficient way for you guys? Well, to be honest with you, one of the things that we've been working on uh, for a while is just changing the culture hmm. uh, of the business community. And, and what I specifically, I think for a while things weren't going our way. And, and I think that the business community as a whole found pet projects to work on, but they weren't working throughout the community and, and really speaking as one trying to adjust or make changes to the current environment. And things don't happen without a cause and effect, right? You gotta, you, you actually have to put a lot of work and energy into making change happen. Hmm. And nothing is easy. Columbia is a capital city. We're very political by nature. We're quite frankly, a divided community. There are a lot of pieces of of Columbia, we're not just one city. We're six, seven cities, different councils, county, city, plus right across the river, Lexington. I mean, we're we're a little disjointed, and uh, where yeah. we're we're seeing success in other parts of the country, are where everybody's singing from the same sheet of music. You can look yeah. at communities, Raleigh, Charleston, Des Moines. Jacksonville, Nashville, Indianapolis. Uh, They're great communities and they all have struggles. Don't get me wrong, but they figure out how to deal with them. They move on, but they're, they're better for it. And, and they, they make more strides. We've been a little slow to make some adjustments. I think that's, that's my assessment, Um, which has kept us behind the eight ball uh, for the last decade or so. Uh, Again, it's, but I put the blame not on any particular person, but I felt like the business community had not stepped up and played a major role in trying to change the narrative. Yeah. And that's tough. Cause I know my life is in front of business owners, business leaders, uh, decision makers, things like that. And they are the first five things they tell me 
has nothing to do with the community. It has, uh, honestly, it has everything to do with their business and how they're trying to grow and how they, how that, what their goals are and, and how they plan on achieving those with, with the people that they uh, choose to partner with and hire. Um, how do you see that change? How do you see the awareness changing um, to a average business owner, whether it's, you know, a guy who's got 10, 10 employees and they're painting houses all the way to, to a nephron or something like that. I mean, it's a widespread of people. Well, it, it took a while to recognize that we were, um, we had a problem. Hmm. Not everybody wanted to admit it. Right. But when you have the highest taxes in the country, you're, you're not going to see growth like other parts of the country will be. We don't have to be the cheapest, but we don't have to be. Yeah. But when you're 22% higher than the second worst, which is Detroit, then that's a problem. Wow. And so you think about growth. We've had a couple of great projects that landed in Richland County for uh, over the last 20 years or say, we've had a handful, which is great. In fact, last year in Richland County, we had $338 million worth of capital investment. Second largest uh, year ever. Spartanburg had 1.9 billion last year. They did 400 million, which is more than us, in one quarter. Wow. Again, we don't need to be Spartanburg, and that's a unique situation. But I think we've been lagging behind. And so I think others have finally recognized that we need, uh, we can't blame anybody else. We got to look at ourselves and fix it ourselves. And so I give a lot of credit. I think the narrative has changed in the last uh, year. Uh, I think the election changes in city of Columbia are, are going to pay off. Uh, I, I got along really, really well with our previous mayor that really like him. Uh, I respect him a lot. But, but sometimes uh, fresh perspective is, is healthy. Yep. Um, and and um and I think that's what we needed right now. And so looking at uh, how we change the way we, we operate, looking at our tax structure, working with the county, um, sometimes it just takes new people to be able to, to it gives you an opportunity. And I think that's where we are today. So I'm more optimistic today than I was even a year ago on yep. what we have to offer. Really excited, quite frankly. There are a lot of good changes making to Columbia. Uh, you know, our, it's unique. We've been focusing more of the last couple of years in Columbia, in, in the city of Columbia, but our chamber really represents six counties. I mean, we're a, a regional chamber, uh, really looking at the Midlands as a whole from a public policy standpoint. Um, but as anything, things gravitate to the city center because yeah. And you, in the squeaky wheel gets most of the grease. And so some we've been focused more heavily in the city lately, um, only because that's where we're needed. But uh, anyway, all that. I didn't, realize, said, I didn't realize that you had six counties. Which six counties are there besides Richland, Richland so, and Lexington? So now there are a bunch of chambers within that same footprint. But right. the charter that was created in uh, in 19 it's, it's Richland, Lexington, Newberry, Kershaw. Fairfield, um, Orangeburg. Okay, I didn't realize that you had a had a footprint in those counties. Um, and, and, and they're small. I mean, you got yeah. nine, we got ninety five percent of our companies are just in Richland, Lexington County. Yeah. Uh, but 
to the point, I mean, historically, we've all been, it, it's a, we've always been a small state and uh, the communities in that footprint uh, have historically worked together uh, to make a better product. And uh, we've got to come back to that. Yeah. Tell me about your, um, you've got a, a live, you got a live uh, Zoom every Friday. Tell me about that and tell me what you guys are doing there. Yeah, it, it's called Coffee with Carl. Uh, sh uh, shameless plug. But, but it really started from a pandemic of how do you connect with people and how do we find a way? Things were changing so much. And so it was a way for me to update our partners uh, every week on things that were happening in and around Columbia that would impact them. And uh, for the longest time, I said, all right, I'm done. I, I got I to gotta give up. I actually did quit for a while. I was boring myself talking. <laughs> um, but I like the participata uh, participatory style uh, of having an audience and, and talking. I editorialize a little bit. I could try to keep it light. More importantly, it's important for me to hear what our partners are talking about and things that I need to be aware of, whether or not it's um, workforce issues, education issues, taxes, whatever. Even if it's an event that's going on this weekend that I need to know about. It, mm -hmm. it, but it's a way for us to have a few minutes uh, just to hit the high notes. Uh, I've always been a cliff note version guy. So uh, hit the high points and then... Uh, uh, but but makes it it's two way. I try to give a little bit, but more importantly, it's important for me to keep apprised of what everybody's talking about, what I need to hear. Yeah, for the average business owner out there, what do you think the biggest opportunity that you offer as the chamber? What do you think the biggest opportunity that that you can facilitate for them would be? Well, obviously, the B two B relationships are important because Columbia really is a very large small town. Yeah, uh, and. and I think if you're from South Carolina, you recognize that. If you're new to South Carolina, you're like, holy cow, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And it is sales. What Everybody's in sales in some way, fashion, What right? I mean, we're all selling a product or pitching ourselves. But if it's all about relationships. And, and for us, we need to make sure that uh, we recognize that's an important role that we play is the introduction and making sure the B2B business is done. The other piece is the advocacy and, and it's boring and it, it, it people's eyes glass over when I start talking about taxes, but it's an economic development, but I'll tell you how important it is for the vitality of the community that we, we understand our role, our role being the business community's role in making sure that every home has a job offer for, for mom or dad or schools. Schools play such a fundamental role in community development and really how important it is that schools play in the economic development. And in order to have a strong economic development system or ecosystem, you got to have strong schools. You got to have crime rates low. You got to have taxes are low. You have to have a strong quality of life. It is a huge, huge mixing bowl full of ingredients that comes out as a great product. And and we can't get one right and the others wrong. We got to get them all right. Yep. And so, uh, and I think 
So for people that want to be part of a chamber, yes, we want to promote your business. Yes, we want you to grow, but we also have got to do the back stuff, the back office stuff or, or whatever you want to call it to focus on the community, making Columbia, and I say Columbia, the greater area, but the, the Midlands of South Carolina, just a awesome place to work, live and play. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of what you guys do. It's, it's not a fast, it's not a fast moving. You can see a ton of progress when, within a week. It is a very slow, uh, very tedious. A lot of hard work goes into a lot of things. There's a lot of man hours put into things. But you may not see any change for a while. And I know that's that that takes a special kind of leader. What do you do to what do you do to sharpen the saw? What do you do to 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 refuel Carl? What do you do? How do you how well, do you stay sharp? This sounds crazy. I love yard work. It's not crazy I, at all. I won't I, I'm gonna I'm I'm holding my kids back because I'm not letting them mow my yard and I struggle with that. It's therapeutic. Um I, it's instant gratification because I don't get it at work a lot of times. You got to so, find it somewhere. <laughs> right. Uh, but I love being able to go out and cut grass and just, oh, gosh, I just did something. Yeah, it, a lot of the stuff that we're pushing is slow, and mm -hmm. but it's important. And it, uh, but it also is personal to a lot of people, right? If you're talking about education and improving quality of education, that's personal to so many people. And so they all have opinions and their opinions are important. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's getting a lot of people to the table. It's, uh, again, uh, you have to be a little methodical. Um, but I think the investment of time now will, will, will actually benefit everybody in years to come. And the thing with local governments is, if you, you know, we all recognize what Greenville and Charleston, we're, and I don't want to compare us to them at all, but Greenville started their transformation back in 1975. They had a they had a strong mayor um, who looked at his name is Max Heller by the way, and Max looked at Main Street, a four lane road in downtown Greenville, and said, "You know what? We really need to be a pedestrian friendly Main Street to drive people back downtown. So let's make it a two lane and a livable Main Street." Huh. Fast forward 50 years, 40 45 years or whatever, right? I, you know, look at, look at Charleston. When I was in school, I served on a committee in uh, the early nineties to transform upper King street to a nightlife livable arts, uh, multicultural part of town. And it took 30, 25, 30 years for it to change into what it is today. So the recipe for small communities is, uh, consistent leadership and a plan. Hmm. And, and the good leadership piece is important because it, it just takes a long time. And so progress is slow, but a vision and a strategy to get to that vision is important, but it will take at least 10 to 20 years to really see fruits of your labor in some time. Yep. Yep. I uh, read something a couple of years ago, a wise man plants a tree he'll never see uh, mature. That's right. And the same with community development. And, and uh, but, but that's OK. Uh, you, you know, in the long run, what we're working on is going to benefit everybody. And that's what that's, that's the fun part. Yeah. 
Where, um, where's the best place to find you? If I've got business owners out there, leaders out there, where's the best place you want them to find you? And what do you want them to do once they find you? Well, call me, uh, Columbia chamber.com, uh, C Blackstone at Columbia is where I am. But, uh, we're, we're downtown Columbia on the corner of Sumter and lady street. Um, but we're really excited about what's going on at chamber. Uh, we've got a lot of programming that we've been doing. We're really working, trying to enhance some, uh, small business opportunities. Uh, again, blowing through the, the advocacy piece, that's a big piece of it, but we, we've got tons of events every month um, that we try to put people together, um, but find us online and we, we'd love to talk to you. Sounds great, man. Well, thank you so much for taking a little bit out of your day and spending time with us just to cast a vision for what, um, what you see in Columbia, uh, kind of where we've been and where we're going and how we can plug in. So thanks a bunch. I certainly appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the invitation to be with you. I really enjoy talking to you. Let us know what we can do for you. Will do, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you.